Welcome back to Novel Idea Podcast. As you can tell, we're a little bit late. Yeah, uh, with Liz and Natalia, because so-and-so didn't introduce ourselves. I'm very sorry. I'm Liz. I'm Natalia. Welcome back to our podcast. Yeah, so we... Life is happening. Life is... I have my sister's wedding to get ready for and I got my maid of honor dress and it didn't fit so I have been in the gym a lot and have been very tired. Yeah I've been getting things together to get into a nursing program and then found out that I didn't get accepted and then tried to read this book and it was a bummer. (laughs) So we're gonna get into this bummer of a book that spoiler alert neither of us finished. Yeah and like We've been avid readers since we could read. There's, I've, I've read like art history, professional, like collegiate documents all the way through that I could not get through this book. Fun fact, there's only been one other book in my life I've never gotten all the way through, and that was the original Robin Hood. Nice. That's a very intense book. I, and I tried to read it in fifth grade, so. You know, I tried to read The Hobbit, and I couldn't get through that. Yeah, I got that. Okay. Strike that. I couldn't get through the second Lord of the Rings book. Yeah. Well, what is it? Me and Jay are watching all the Harry Potter movies, and I confessed to him that when I first read the fourth book, the first chapter, I was like, what is going on? This is not about Harry Potter. So I legit just skipped the chapter and read everything else. (laughs) And it wasn't until I saw the movie where I'm like, oh, like, that's what's happening. Makes sense. Yeah. But as a kid, I was like... What is it, this? It I'm felt not smart enough weird. for this yet, J.K. Rowling. I'm not. It felt really weird. Anyway, so the book we did not get through it's, last month, this month. Yeah, it's called Molokai by Alan Brennert, and I'll just read the description. This richly imagined novel, set in Hawaii more than a century ago, is an extraordinary epic of a little-known time and place and a deeply moving testament to the resiliency of the human spirit. Rachel Kalama, a spirited seven-year-old Hawaiian girl, dreams of visiting far-off lands like her father, a merchant seaman. Then one day, a rose-colored mark appears on her skin and those dreams are stolen from her. Taken from her home and family, Rachel is sent to Kalupapa, the quarantine leprosy settlement on the island of Molokai. Molokai, I think, probably. Here, her life is supposed to end, but instead she discovers it is only just beginning. With a vibrant cast of vividly realized characters, Molokai is the true-to-life chronicle of a people who embrace life in the face of death. Such is the warmth, humor, and compassion of this novel that few readers will remain unchanged by Rachel's story. I remained very unchanged and very depressed. Oh, I guess I changed a little because it bummed me out. Also, Richly Imagined is an insane overstatement. Like, uh, yeah. So we're going to kind of break down a little bit of basically why this book was very hard for us to even get into. And I think I made it a little bit farther than you did. I got Uh, it Yeah, you did because I stopped at page 66. I made it through about halfway. Yeah. Made it through halfway, and I read the back of the book because I was just curious on how it ended. Spoiler alert, it's kind of boring. Yeah, I mean, the cover of this book is really nice. Very beautiful. But again, don't judge a book by its cover. Clearly. It was just, I mean, first off the bat, um, there were a lot of words on each page. And I mean, that's, 
that's a publisher <laughs> thing but that's yeah. what i noticed like yeah. the font seemed really small and there are a lot of words on each page so it honestly it, it feels, felt like reading a textbook yeah it feels very slow to get through i mean yeah. that's not an issue if it was a really great book and it kept me gripped in i was like yeah this isn't going to be an issue but so the main issue that i had to start with this book so from the dust cover the main character is supposed to be this child rachel and when we start the book she's seven years old and it kind of describes her interacting with her mom and her siblings and her father's a sailing merchant so he's not home at the beginning of the book and it kind of describes them going to church and you know living her life but then the author does this thing where he jarringly switches perspective from talking through Rachel's eyes to suddenly talking about the history of Hawaii. So instead of just immersing yourself in this character and learning about the Hawaiian culture through the character, it's suddenly like a history lesson. It's like, it, it switches narrative. And it's like, um, wh where did that come from? Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm going to be reading something from a seven-year-old's perspective. Right. Instead, I'm learning about Hawaii's history and how their last king died and how the United States tried to overthrow their government. Which, again, a great story in another book. Right. It would have been very interesting to either learn the history of Hawaii from a scholarly standpoint... Or if he could have told these things as though a child were learning them. Mm -hmm. And from Rachel's point of view, it never seemed like she knew what was going on. So if you were to truly write a book from this seven-year-old's eyes, realistically, you wouldn't have all this in-depth background about the kings and the government and the U.S. But instead, it, it just switches and it's... And then suddenly it'll switch from, like, Rachel's perspective to the perspective of her mother. Or then it jumps, her father eventually comes home, and it switches to his perspective. Yeah, and this is, like, mid-chapter. Like, there yeah. is no rhyme and or no, reason. And no separation of, like, okay, you are now reading from Rachel's point of view. Like, Game I, of Thrones does that, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that narrative trope. I don't like when books switch perspective by chapter by character dude like when there's a character you're like i'm like when can i get back to that character that's right. all i'm doing is right. like skipping like okay when do i get back to them but this book doesn't even do that suddenly you're reading a paragraph and it would take me i would have to go back and reread and be like oh my gosh rachel isn't even talking right now yeah like when wh what part is about her actually yeah. i i just yeah it was very very confusing i'm like okay so we are, is the drama about her family that important? About how her uncle, like, cheated important? Like, just yeah. a bunch of random stuff. And also, the language that was used when it was from Rachel's perspective... Is not how a seven-year-old would talk. It's not, like, how a seven-year-old would talk. There, no. was, there was one part where she was being inspected at the place where they checked to see if you have leprosy. And it was like, Rachel went into the room and there was a triumvirate of doctors... So basically three doctors. Yeah. A seven-year-old wouldn't think that way. It was so weird. It was very adult for a perspective of a child. So basically, Rachel and her family, they're very Christian. And at this time, very little is known about the disease of leprosy. And so in Hawaii, 
if families would find the spots on themselves, they would try to hide because there would be white people from the continental U.S. who would be assigned as, like, inspectors, Mm -hmm. and they would come to your house, inspect your body, and if they would find leprosy on you, they would take you from your family. You'd have to go to a hospital where they would try to, quote-unquote, cure you. Mm -hmm. If they couldn't do that, you got sent to Molokai. Mm -hmm. But, obviously, they couldn't cure it, so most people got sent to the island. Of course, yeah. And then, of course, there was the, the rhetoric of, like, okay, if you have leprosy, then something's wrong with you. Something you sinned. Something wrong with your family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that, you know, I appreciated that from the perspective of that is mm-hmm. how people thought. Exactly. And so, when Rachel gets it, Rachel's mother starts accusing um, her husband, that it's her husband's fault because her husband has been unfaithful, and there's just like that whole part. I was like, uh, a really, is this we- really the time to really hash this out. It was such a weird scene where the mom is like yelling at her husband. She's like, "It's all your fault. I know you had gonorrhea, but you know I looked the other way." And it was like, "Oh my god, okay, wow, we're just bringing STDs all up in this place." I'm sorry. I mean, that is coming from a, a now perspective anyway. Of like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> but- I don't know when condoms were invented, but um. You're gonna need to put on some lambskin or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and the husband's just like, I'm gone for like six months. I get lonely. It's like, you literally just told me you cheat on like, me when you leave. Okay, Oedipus. Where he was all like, oh my oh. god, I want to get back to my wife, but I guess I'll have sex with Cersei for ten years. Like, so hard for you, isn't it? I don't know what I'm talking about. Isn't it? That's Odysseus, not Oedipus. Odysseus, yes. Oedipus stabbed his eyes. My bad. Yeah. Oedip- oh, sad. Oedipus slept with my his bad. mother. Odysseus. Odysseus. My bad. <laughs> I have a degree. <laughs> That's literally my excuse for any time I say something stupid. <laughs> I have a degree. Leave me alone. I remember one time we were watching something and someone was dressed ambiguously and I was like, is that a dude or a guy? <laughs> <laughs> and like Jay will be like, uh, is that a dude or a guy? I'm like, listen, man. I have a degree. I went to college, okay? Literally means nothing, but I have a degree. I learned things. I know, right? I was in school for modern high school. I so. speak language. Yeah, I am 13% proficient in <laughs> Spanish, so it'll be that. <laughs> but regardless. Anyway. So, it was just all over the place. And, like, I love to read, okay? Love it. I love reading. Obviously, we started a podcast about reading. Yeah, and I was, like, really bummed with myself. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you get through this? And then I texted you. I'm like, hey, man, like, where are you at with this book? Because I cannot get into it. And I've actually never had that problem before. It was literally the Friday before we were going to film the podcast. And <laughs> Procrastinators at their best. Fia <laughs> texts me. And she's like, hey, do you mind if we do this next weekend? I'm like, girl, I am like 20 pages in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty hard to get through. So another issue I had with this book. So Rachel gets sent off to Malakai. When she gets there, at first, her uncle had already been sent to the island and her family was like, okay, at least we can't, if we can't be with her, at least she has someone to take care of her. And so she goes with her uncle and he has a girlfriend on the island because his wife back home divorced him. Yeah, it's like a known thing that like if your spouse gets sent to Molokai mm-hmm. and for, because they have leprosy, like y'all are getting divorced. Yeah, like, it's, it's just like going to happen. A given. 
So he has a girlfriend over. So these nuns come and they basically tell him that because he's living in sin with his girlfriend, it's not a good environment for Rachel. So they're going to take her and she's going to live at the girl's convent. I mean, hypothetically, since we all have leprosy and we're all sinners, then I'm like, like, we're all sinners. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this is where we're meant to be, right? Right. But I guess there's extra sinning on top of that. But I, get, I do appreciate in as much as that in the book, at least, again, I don't know what it was actually like back then, but in the book, it did actually seem like the nuns were really taking care of all these under 18 mm-hmm. girls. That's good. Because they didn't want them, you know, abducted or tortured or, you know, other horrible things that might happen to small little girls. Sure. But, um, so she goes and she ends up living with the nuns and she's not very happy about it. But it does this thing where the book will, like, jarringly jump ahead. And so suddenly, like, it gets to the end of, like, one kind of tale. Her dad comes to visit her when she's really little on the island. And it makes her a little bit sad all over again. And she tries to run away when her, well, her uncle passes away. And then his girlfriend ends up becoming, like, her adoptive aunt. Mm -hmm. And then she's on, like, her deathbed. She's, Mm -hmm. like, really sick. Mm -hmm. So Rachel's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see them. So she runs and she escapes. And she ends up getting snatched by this man who tries to use her for, like, physical labor. And... (laughs) It, it just, it feels so weird because this author introduces all these storylines and all these different characters, but it never really means or goes anywhere. So, like, she gets abducted by this man, basically, who keeps promising to take her to her adoptive aunt. And you know what? Actually, I take that back. This is her uncle's death. Okay. Her uncle's not dead okay. yet. Okay, okay. So she's trying to escape to get to her uncle before he dies. Yeah. And this weird abductor man is just like, I'll take you tomorrow. I'll take you tomorrow. First, feed my goats. First, weed my grass. And it is just like, okay. So eventually she decides to make a run for it. And he chases after her. And she ends up accidentally killing him. Okay. He gets, like, speared by a stick. As you do. As you do. She runs away. Finally gets found. Finally gets brought to her uncle. She gets to see him before he dies. And that's when the auntie, like, fully adopts her and it's okay. like I'm always going to be here for you psych I'm going to die sometime <laughs> and she eventually does but not yet so then Rachel gets sent back to the convent and then it jumps ahead in time and this whole scene with this man who basically abducted her isn't really ever mentioned again like she kind of remembers it later but it's not like an important part of the book yeah and as a human that's watched television watched movies read books my brain is able to view things in a linear fashion but when i'm not able to predict where something's headed my mind's going to wonder because i'm i'm like what's the point of this am i like am i supposed to pay extra attention to this is this actually important to the story and when i find out that it's not I'm just like, why are we wasting our time? It should have been like an anthology of like short stories. That, I was literally thinking that. Yeah. Because then it, it jumps ahead in time and suddenly she's 17. So she's almost an adult. She's getting very close to leaving the convent. And I'm skipping other small stuff too because it goes into the lives of some of the nuns as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> 
like what you said in the back of the book seemed like a interesting coming of age story now i'm like i'm learning about everybody in hawaii right so she's 17 she ends up making friends with this newcomer this new girl and it goes into again it would have been an interesting short story but it just didn't make sense in the context of the book so she meets this new girl and she's talking about how everyone finds her so beautiful she's so pretty everyone loves her and she's like I, I wonder how she even got sent to this island like who sent her here and then she goes to the nunnery but then the nuns reject her and she gets her own home so Rachel's like how did this teen girl get away from the nuns when I've had to live here for 10 years she ends up making friends with her and they go to a bar one night because there's like a whole town on this island and they go to a bar she loses her friend her friend then is out back and suddenly she's being beat up by this man and so Rachel stops him she grabs her friend she goes back to her house and it's revealed that her friend is actually trans and she has a penis. Yeah, which, I mean, apparently that makes men feel entitled to beat the crap out of people. You know, still a problem we deal with today. So Rachel gets a little bit mad that it was hidden from her, but then she gets over it so quickly. Like, and I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying with how it happened, it was so strange in the book because at first she was so enraged. Yeah, like, she was like, why even mention that you were How about it? dare you have a penis how dare you and then she comes back like a page later and she's like so you want to live together um where was the conversation where was the forgiveness where was the i'm sorry for reacting like there was nothing there was no storyline progression it was just like okay we're all best friends then it jumps in time some more and it's her with her friend and then some of her other friends from the nunnery and her auntie and they're watching some of the other girls race on horses and she mentions that everyone else is basically like melting off from their leprosy oh god and it's like what is happening it's like, why is this pertinent to the story like you talk about like there's no plot with, like real life stuff and then you bring it back to the leprosy and you're like oh that's right that's what this was actually initially right we're about. all dying well I, I looked this author up and he's actually a screenwriter which explains a lot oh that actually feels so i'm not saying anything against that but i mean screenwriters you're just trying to get an idea across right yeah that's what it felt like it's it like did it's skimming it, the surface of yeah. every little thing that was happening it's like hey so i'm gonna give you this idea and we're gonna like chew on it but then we're not gonna finish yeah and honestly that irritates me yeah i do not like wasting my time and so rachel because she's our main character of course she's been surprised me honestly <laughs> right? like why even make it about her it honestly should just be about people in hawaii suffering from leprosy exactly so she's been volunteering for a bunch of um procedures that are still experimental because science is slowly catching up and they're realizing hey the nuns have been here this whole time and none of them have gotten leprosy so <laughs> we got hip to that <laughs> maybe washing our hands and not i don't know not wearing gloves when you touch an infected patient maybe that would make it not spread and she's also elected to do these surgeries where they basically cut out the leprosy from her skin mm -hmm. 
and it's been working. So she's kind of healing and she's waiting for the day where she's cleared because more and more people have been getting cleared of leprosy. But she's also watching all her friends that she's grown up with for 10 years, like just skin falling off of them. It's kind of gross, but that's leprosy. Eventually her auntie dies and she gives her a proper Hawaiian burial, not a Christian burial. Okay. And that was kind of a big deal. And then one of her nuns who raised her shows up and she's like, I'm not going to give her a Christian burial sister. And the nun is like, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. Because, side note, the nun went through her whole thing where her mom committed suicide. And it's like, again, whose story are we telling? Yeah, like, where do I put, like, like my emotion? Like, do I care more about your thing or your thing or your thing? Like, And then it, it also kind of delves off at one point to Rachel surfing. And there's a boy who also surfs. And they kind of have this flirtation, but the nuns were keeping them apart for a while because she was still underage. But then she got to 18, and so she decided to lose her virginity to this guy, and she was like, oh, that was it. And then you never hear from that boy again. And as a, as a, as a woman who has been 18 before, that seems like BS. Or, in the very least, if she, you know, if this boy was not important... There was no build-up to their relationship. There was no, like, banter. There was no conversation. She was just like... Yeah, it seems very weird that you would decide to do this thing actually having been raised very religious, and it would just be a throwaway thing. It was very odd, and that's, that's what I'm trying to get across, is in this book, there's all these different plot points it felt like you wanted to hit. And for a book that was so long and tedious... It felt like you weren't reading anything. Yeah, like he hinted at a lot of things and he never followed through. Depended on you as the reader to fill in the blanks. And I'm sorry, I'm not a writer. That's why I'm reading. Yeah. So you tell me. Yeah. Like if you were gonna write a history of Hawaii, that's one thing. If yeah. you're gonna write a novel actually about a little girl who's with seven, leprosy, I would read that. But I mean first mistake. I don't wanna read a book about a woman from a dude. So, I mean, that is, I will say there was no overt sexualization. I thought uh, the weird doctor little kid part yeah, was that odd. that was very strange. That was strange. I'm like, ah, Okay, yeah. asterisk. Yeah. But, and the grown-ups had odd sexual talk that felt a little ham-fisted. The thing is, again... You, you you stress that this is a very religious time, very religious family, and these conversations are just thrown out carelessly. And yeah. that's strange to me because very odd. this is like not something that we would be shouting, me shouting to the whole neighborhood that you gave me gonorrhea. <laughs> no one needs to know that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just very weird to me. And you can't just change things because it needs to fit your plot at that point. There's a, there's a part in the book when she's still seven years old where it turns out that her mom took her siblings and left their old home and is no longer going to ever contact Rachel. And I was like, oh, okay, that's very heart-wrenching. That is so sad. I thought it would lead to more, but it's like it's mentioned in that part of her being really upset and crying and then her uncle had to comfort her and that's when her auntie kind of adopted her as her auntie. But... 
then it just she just kind of moves on from it and i'm like what seven-year-old would be like oh mommy doesn't love me anymore i cried for a day i'm fine now like when she got sent off to the hospital to get tests and treatments done she was inconsolable yeah and her dad was visiting her every day right so again so was her mom that does not track and it's like it tracks that the mom would try to start over because the mom divorced the dad also in the neighborhood they found out that rachel had leprosy so basically everybody was shunning the, the whole family the whole family was being shunned yeah so it's like okay that makes sense but it doesn't make sense then that Rachel would move on and then as a 17-year-old, she never addresses it again. It's like she's now just a teenager, like a normal teenager. That's it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this yeah, person went through the most traumatic thing possible. Yeah, you can't skip conflicts and, like, things just because you need to get to the next point. Right. Like, for me, I'm like, okay, this sounds like a Vulcan. <laughs> Like, she does. That's exactly what it is. This, Emotionless. Yeah, it was very strange. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things happening to you, and you're just like, hey, so I found out you were trans yesterday, so you want to live together? Yeah, and I mean, oh, again, it should be like that, but I mean, at that time, she was making a big stink about it, and then she was just fine. I found out I have leprosy. I'm super sad, but I'm going to Molokai, and I'm here now, so I'm here now. Yeah. I don't want to go to the nunnery, but now I'm at the nunnery. Yeah, and then, like, her dad was all about, like, the Hawaiian king and, like, about, like, the lineage and all of that. And I was like, okay, like, this Fine. seems like, like, a great, a great thing to have pride for and, like, a lot of information. It was very interesting. But then again, like... No follow-through. I don't understand. Like, where does this... Wh where does the U.S. government coming to overthrow the queen come to in, in Rachel's story. Oh, and then there's that whole section. There's like a small section where they talk about that there was a prophecy. Oh, yeah. That Hawaii would be overthrown with their last queen or something. Never never acknowledged that. Almost every right. F word. Never really followed through with that, on that either. Yeah. And so it just, again, it's all these little itty bitty plot points that make a story but almost don't connect. So you're reading this and it feels like a slog because it takes you out of it so often. Yeah, like you were getting your emotions built up because Rachel's going through this thing and then you're like, well then here is about Hawaii and you're like, okay, that's cool. And then it goes back to the drama and you're like, okay, what was happening? I forgot. Are we in the drama or are we in the history? Please pick one or merge them better. And I did read a little bit about the author and how he spent a lot of time in Hawaii. He's not Hawaiian, but he spent a lot of time in Hawaii. He was fascinated by the culture and the history. But it's like, it's almost like he wanted to take his love for Hawaii and shove it all into this book. Which again, you could do that just writing about Hawaii. Because now it just seems like you learned all this stuff and wove together a really shitty story. Yeah, that was really Pardon my basic. Language, but it was not good. And I kind of skimmed a little bit of the back of the book, and it talks about how Rachel is a grandmother now, so I guess she does get off the island, and she has kids, and they have kids. It's that guy that she starts with on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> no, it might be. I don't know. She's like, actually, we <laughs> sent smoke signals to each other. We didn't talk about that. Right. But we were dating the whole time. The whole time. We never mentioned it. Yeah. And so in conclusion. <laughs> in conclusion. We didn't finish this book. Like, it was a huge bummer. I was like, I was like, am I mad at myself or am I mad at this book? Because it's a little, mostly the book. Like, I... I 
love to read. I love reaching a great conclusion. I love being like shocked right. and surprised. This right here, like, I I never knew where it was gonna go, and I hated that. Yeah, I didn't like. There was no sequential order for like events. It just was like all over the place. Right. Right. Sixty six pages, and that's the conclusion that I reached. Where I'm like, listen, um, I can't do this. <laughs> This is, like, literally just the beginning, and it's torturous for me. And I think both of us, too, were kind of in this mindset of, like, okay, we have to finish this book because we said we would. No. This podcast is about us having fun and reading what we want to yeah, read. Yeah, we are not in high school. I don't have to read something if I don't want to. And this was not something I wanted to read. You know what? I'm curious. I'm going to look up real quick um, on Goodreads. Oh, I actually screenshotted some some reviews that were negative. Hold on. Let me get that Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize this. There's two books. This is a series. Oh god. Dear lord. How? She ended up as a grandma. Again, I don't know because I didn't read the darn thing. Okay, so here's one. I wanted my soul to be moved while reading this. I wanted my heart to be engaged. I wanted to feel real sympathy for these fictional characters played out against a very non-fictional aspect of history. Instead, I yawned frequently. I looked to see how many pages were left. I got tired of the innumerable instances of info dumping. I thought of how a writer like my favorite MMK would have handled this scene or situation. I got frustrated over the shallow writing and the contemporary feel of a story that was supposed to take place over a hundred years ago. And finally, I closed the book and was sad that what could have been an awesome story fell flat for me. And that's honestly 100% how I felt. Exactly. And there are some too of here, like there's a lot of five star reviews. There's a lot of three star reviews. So, I mean, this book on Goodreads has a 4.16. And there were a lot of really great reviews. But yeah. the, the, the ones that were bad were the reasons that we didn't like it. Here's another one. I'm going to blame it on the writing. There's something truly irritating about Brennert's writing style that I can't just put my finger on. Is it overly dramatic? Too grandiose? Too hand-wringing? I don't know, but it wore me down. It did, and I, I think that was a lot of the problem. So I want to... I'm looking for... A three star. Okay, so here's a three star. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a pretty long review. But I, I just want to see like an average, you mm -hmm. know, didn't hate it, didn't love it. When I think of Hawaii, I think of breathtaking landscapes and pleasantly warm temperatures, not its history of Hansen's disease, better known as leprosy. I had little knowledge of the disease before reading this book. My fond memories of this beautiful state, the desire to learn more about leprosy and all the positive reviews piqued my interest and were instrumental in my decision to read this. Alan Brenner did a fine job researching this tragic blemish in Hawaii's history. Being quarantined by COVID-19 can't be nearly as bad as being quarantined on the remote, although beautiful, island in the leper colony of Molokai. Through the words and actions of the main character, we learn about the progression of the disease, the coping mechanisms, etc. I enjoyed this book but didn't love it. I certainly understand why so many readers rated it five stars. I love historical fiction. Uh, and I love learning something new, especially when it motivates me to research further. I'm not sure if it is my somber mood during this bizarre time period or some element missing in Brenner's writing, but I'm sorry to say I didn't enjoy this enough to read the sequel. And I think that sums it up where it's like, this book had potential. Mm -hmm. It was a very interesting topic, and I think it is interesting to think about communities that have definitely been romanticized through of time. Of course, yeah, even today, everyone still is trying to go to Hawaii for whatever reason, and locals are like, 
Like, this isn't a vacation for us. This is our life. Yeah, so I I approached the book from that standpoint of definitely wanting to read more of a historically accurate version and kind of like through the eyes of someone who might have been... Honestly, I also didn't research the author. I thought the author was going to be Hawaiian. He is not Hawaiian. See, that's another <laughs> thing that we're both learning where, yeah, we're going to have to like like do research now on research authors the authors to make sure that everything's like dope speaking of we'll finish this and i'll tell you about this new book that i'm i pre-ordered because it sounds awesome awesome so it definitely i think because of that it's coming from someone who is appreciative of hawaiian culture and its history but it's not someone who has an emotional attachment to it. No. And I think that's where the lacking of soul comes from. Mm -hmm. I think it's lacking soul because of that, because it didn't happen to his ancestors. It didn't happen to his family. So even though he can sympathize with what happened way back then, it's not something that really personally affects him. Yeah. I mean, like I have a lot of great ideas. I've always wanted to write a book, but I don't have that passion to yeah. emote that kind of emotion to make people feel stuff. That's why I haven't done that. You know what I mean? So, I mean... Definitely lacking in heart. Yeah. Like it, I'm like, dang, she doesn't even seem to care. So why should I? Right. It definitely had the potential to be something really good and to have a lot of emotion. I kind of wanted to cry when I was about to read it because I'm like I got my tissues oh, yeah. I got my emotions ready and it just kind of drained me it yeah. didn't make me feel any sort of way yeah, period yeah I was impassive the whole time yeah yeah it was also a very passive voice and I think that's the problem yeah you weren't in the story yeah but I mean um, you guys are more than welcome to read it and let us know what you guys thought but usually for us which is so crazy because i was not expecting both of us to have an issue right so it was not it was not it for us. i would definitely read this rather than have actual leprosy oh of course but um it would be a slog if someone held a gun to my head and told me i had to read this yeah i would i would definitely cry yeah i that's a lot it took me i think two days to make it through 66 pages and that I can get through a book in a day. Listen, girl, me too. I was literally like on a Wednesday. I was like, oh, this is fine. I'll be done by Friday. Literally me. I was not done by Friday. Literally <laughs> me. I do not have a job now. I have all the time in the world. Mentally, I could not crack this code because not it at was all. not getting, it was not, I need to be fully in or not at all. Right. Yeah. I can't just, just, uh. okay. even, yeah, yeah. So what was your, what book are you okay. going to tell me about? Is this another book we're going to do for the podcast? I want to. We are discovering a book mid-podcast. So I was watching, I was watching a TikTok, um, and it's, I follow a lot of, like, book reviewers and, like, women that, you know, read, like, a lot of cool books. That's so they, nice. they do, like, reviews. And this is actually from a woman of color, which I was like, heck yeah. Listen, I when I read this description, you're going to be like, I'm so excited. Oh, fuck. Read it to me, girl. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. 16-year-old... Okay, sorry, let me tell you what this... It's called... Um, it's called The Taking of Jack Livingston by Ryan Douglas. Go. Hear me out. 16-year-old Jake Livingston sees dead people everywhere, but he can't decide what's worse, being a medium forced to watch the dead play out their last moments on a loop or being at the mercy of racist teachers as one of the few black students at St. Clair Prep. Both are a living nightmare he wishes he could wake up from. 
but things at St. Clair start looking up with the arrival of another black student, the handsome Alistair, and for the first time, romance is on the horizon for Jake. Unfortunately, life as a medium is getting worse. Though most ghosts are harmless, and Jake is always happy to help them move on to the next place, Sawyer Dune wants much more from Jake. In life, Sawyer was a troubled teen who shot and killed six kids at a local high school before taking his own life. Now he's a powerful, vengeful ghost, and he has plans for Jake. Suddenly, everything Jake knows about the dead world goes out of the window as Sawyer begins to haunt him. High school soon becomes a different kind of survival game. One Jake is not sure he can win. Let me tell you. That sounds like an emotional roller coaster. Let me tell you, okay? Black student. Queer student. Check. Dealing with racist people. Check. Ghosts. Check. I was like, paranormal. Are these allowed to be in the same book? I was like flabbergasted. And I never immediately would go like, take my freaking money. But she was describing this and I'm like, uh, absolutely. And then I saw that it wasn't even out yet. Like it comes out next month. Oh. I know. Okay. So like what? Two months, three months from now, that'll be our book of the month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Released uh, July 13th. So August, August, yeah, um, absolutely. I'm that, like, take all of my money. I'm down. Yeah, and the the author, I believe, is a black guy. You know, it's so funny because it sounds like a very much more emotionally and heavy charged book version of that series I used to read by Meg Cabot. Oh, uh, Mediator. Yes. Yes. Um. Oh, here he is. Oh, my God. He is so cute. He looks like the guy from The Good Place. I know. Oh, Chidi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this book seems really awesome. And also, like, it's nice for once that it's a book about a person of color that's not just dealing with racism. Because it's like, that's been there, done that. We've list- we've read all the slave stories. We've watched all the slave movies, okay? A hundred times This over. is just a life that he's living where people are racist. It is literally the life that we're living right now. It's like his back burner stressor. Right? And so, like, that's but not even- But the real stress- I know, right? That's not even- Is that, that being haunted? Yeah, this isn't even the big issue. I was just like, oh, wow, of course a black man understands this. So I was like, absolutely take my money right now. So we'll add it to Absolutely. the list. Yes. And we will have to research a book for next month because I haven't done that because, as I said, I have been in the gym for way too much. Yeah, and I've been, you know, mentally wondering what I'm doing with my life. You know, one thing happens and you're like, wow, my life is over. Yeah. So sorry I couldn't get through a really bummer of a book. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm mad at you. We will pick up back on a regular schedule next month. Oh yeah, maybe um, once I edit this episode, maybe we can decide what we're going to do and I'll just add the audio of oh, what perfect. the new book is and I'll just, just say to myself like, hey, if you want to read along, it's going to be your book. Smart. Yeah. Do that. Hey, this is Athalia. I'm just inserting this information while I'm editing this episode. So the book that we're going to be reading for next month is called Lakewood and it's by Megan Giddings. Um, so Check it out if you're interested in reading it along with us. But uh, for now, um, it's been real. So thank you, as always, for listening. Those of you who do listen, um, you can check us out on Instagram. I don't post super often because I'm not really sure how to run a podcast Instagram, but I got one. Novel Idea Podcast Instagram. Yeah, Novel Idea Pod on Twitter and NovelIdeaPodcast.com is the, the website. Twitter, 
I'm listen. I'm How do you run a Twitter? I don't have a tweeter. You know what? I, think <laughs> I can't I, do the tweets. I might do a TikTok account. I feel like we could catch up with the kids. We can actually let's get the joint account so then you can be on TikTok and then just follow. I'll just follow a bunch of like cool author people because I follow a lot of cool author people. Sound good. See now, I'm glad that we've all decided this together. TikTok scares me, so I'm gonna follow Athia's lead. Okay. I'm not hip with the kids. Yeah. It's it's our time's done. But uh Vine is dead. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. But it's been real. Uh thanks I guess for being patient, you know. Yeah. We're we're still new at this, so we're figuring it out. But um once we read books that aren't a slog and a bummer, and you know what? Next time we know that if it's a bummer of a book, we can still make a podcast. We can still let you know what we thought about it, even if we don't get all the way through. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of you guys can make it through and think of what, you, tell us what you thought of it, and uh, let us know. Yeah. So yeah, but um, see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.